Welcome to the Hope Unyielding podcast. I'm your host, Hope Johnson, and I have the privilege of hearing some outstanding people from all walks of life share stories of God's faithfulness in their lives. God knows that remembering His faithfulness doesn't come naturally. When He led Israel through the Jordan River in a miraculous parting of the sea, He knew the people would be quick to forget. Because of this, He commanded Joshua to set up twelve stones to serve as a memorial to the people of Israel forever. The memorial stones of today are our stories. It's one thing to read about God's faithfulness in Scripture. It's another to look into the eyes of someone who has been in the depths of darkness you now inhabit, but who has come through them with praise on their lips. Whatever you're facing, I pray that the stories shared on this podcast will encourage you with the truth that God is always faithful, and whatever your circumstances, you always have hope. Today, life coach Natalie Hickson shares vulnerably about her journey through destructive anger and how God transformed her relationship with her family. Natalie is a wife, mother, and certified professional life coach who helps discouraged Christian moms overcome destructive anger and burnout. After learning to thrive in motherhood and process anger in a healthy way, Natalie became convicted to help other moms avoid those dark years of motherhood by helping them to appreciate and process their anger, learn to identify their triggers, and ultimately control their reaction to those triggering situations. If you're looking to learn healthier ways to process your anger, then this is the episode for you. Well, Natalie, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. So this is the first time I've had a life coach on my podcast, and I'm really excited about this. And I would just love to hear a little bit about how you got into life coaching. Yeah. Um, You know, I always knew I wanted to help people. Um, I love listening. I love, you know, kind of digging into people's stories. And um, I just didn't know in the beginning of like when I was growing up that there was something like life coaching. I think life coaching really got more popular. um, I don't know. I would say in the last 10, 15 years, maybe. But anyways, yeah, I had a blog. I wanted to help moms kind of organize their life and found myself looking at life coaching school. And so I went through it. It was a Christian life coaching school and it was awesome. And when I left school, when I was finished with it, I thought, okay, sweet. I'm going to help moms with their, their um, organizing and, and overwhelm and nothing really took off there. There was a lot of people doing what I wanted to do. <laughs> and one of the things too, is I wanted to do, put a Christian, do more of a Christian aspect of coaching because there's a lot of life coaches out there who are not Christian. And I just, of course, felt like we needed more of those. So that's where I kind of began. And through life coaching school, I had a good friend appear there that we started talking and kind of meeting on a regular basis. And then we created a mastermind group. And at one of those, I was actually considering not coaching anymore because I couldn't seem to get it going. And um, stayed up late talking to one of the moms about her motherhood journey and anger. And, and we compared stories. And she said, girl, you got to get on my podcast. And her name's Kelsey Van Kirk. She said, get on my podcast and talk about your journey. And 
And so I did. And it was after that I had moms reaching out, Hey, I need help working through this. Can you help me? And, and that's where my journey of helping moms with anger began. Well, I think anger is one of those topics that many, we have different approaches to it, but, but it seems like such a taboo topic. We don't necessarily want to talk about, I know for me, I've been one to say, you know, it doesn't exist and push it aside. And then for others, they may kind of explode and then feel guilty about it. And I'm just curious. I mean, I know that this um, desire to help other moms with their anger really stemmed from a personal journey. Could you tell us a little bit about, about that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I grew up with parents who processed anger in a destructive way. Um, there was yelling, screaming, um, you know, I got spanked, those things. And so that's how I learned how to process anger myself. Um, I like to always say, though, that fast forward, my parents have really worked through their own personal journeys, and they are not that way today. They're much mm-hmm. healthier in how they process their emotions as well. And part of that has just been my journey and kind of actually pushing them, I think, <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, pushing them to do a little more healing as well. But um, yeah, so I grew up in that kind of environment and didn't really know there was anything wrong with it. Um, I knew I was a bit more dramatic in high school and I wore my heart on my sleeve, so to say. Mm-hmm. And um, I met my my husband in high school. We started dating at 16, just after our freshman year in call of high school. And we got married around 21, about five years after we started dating. And it wasn't until we moved in together that I started to recognize my anger was becoming more of a problem. He is more of a passive aggressive. He's more quiet. And so when we would get into arguments, I would be screaming and throwing things and throwing a tantrum and he'd just be withdrawing and getting more quiet. I can remember being like, why aren't you just yelling back at me? (laughs) And so, you know, living together, seeing a difference, I was starting to become aware there's something not right here, but I didn't think there was a way to change it. I figured, well, this is how we do it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And um, and it was, I did have concerns. I can remember even having a conversation with my mother-in-law going, I'm really worried that if I have kids, I'll hurt them because I get so angry. And she tried to help as best she could. And I'm sure she's just sitting there like, ah, yeah, maybe you shouldn't have kids. I don't know. <laughs> you know just like, oh, no, I can't imagine being that, you know, being my mother-in-law on the end of that call, but <laughs> right <laughs> for me and trying to encourage me. But Fast forward to when we actually did have kids, we brought our first kiddo home, Enya, our oldest, who will be 18 this year. Bringing her home, things were, yeah, they were challenging for me. I definitely had some hormonal issues, but definitely still hadn't really learned any way of processing my emotions. And when she was two, things started to get more and more difficult for both of us. You could find both of us, me and her, on the floor, throwing a tantrum, screaming at each other, crying, trying to control one another with this two-year-old maturity level that both of us had, right? Mm -hmm. Her naturally at two and me just not really processing past the age of two, apparently. And so it was was very scary and frustrating. Um, I would leave bruises on her arm, little handprints on her butt. I would belittle her. I would scream at her, throw things. It was an extremely abusive environment for her in that time. God protected her, 
I, my mom actually lived next door. And so when I would start to get really angry, I'd let my mom know that she needed to come over and, and help me. So I didn't hurt her. But again, at this point, I didn't know there was a way to change. I didn't know that there was anything I could do about it. And um, so I didn't face it. And it started to become a thing where I just started to blame Enya. If Enya would just listen to me, I wouldn't get so upset. We brought her sister home a couple of years, about three years later. And I remember nursing Sky is her name, nursing Sky and Enya's tantrums were continuing to get more epic because I didn't know how to help her. And she just, you know, continued to, to spiral as well. And I can remember one night Enya or Mike putting Enya to bed and she's just throwing one of her epic tantrums. I'm just getting more and more angry. And all of a sudden I just burst out and scream for her to mm -hmm. shut up. Hmm. And again, I'm in a, a room with the door closed nursing and guy, she stops nursing and she looks at me and she's just an infant at this point, looks up at me with this horrific face and just starts bawling. And I'm like, whoa, something has got to change here. And yet I was still convinced that it couldn't be me. So I said, we got to take Enya to counseling. Still not able to acknowledge that I could be changed or that it was me who needed to. So we took Enya to a counselor and um, she observed her. And uh, then she met with me and Mike alone. And she said, Enya is a perfectly normal child for her age and development. Um, and I'm like, well, yeah, you're not home to see her. Of course you think that, you know? And she's like, yeah, I understand where you're coming from, but Natalie, you need to be in here. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and it was hard to like swallow, but at the same time, deep down, I was so grateful that somebody was finally telling me there was a way for me to work through this and I could change. So four years later, I left therapy, did a lot of great work in understanding my past and who I am and my family and all of those things. Yet I was still yelling at my children. And still frustrated with some of the destructive behavior I was having. It was at that point I started to do some things. I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. I wanted to work at home. And I started doing different businesses, personal development, things through failures, different businesses would fail. And then the Lord led me into life coaching school. And that's where I really started to uh, grow in my relationship with the Lord. There was a strong encouragement to spend daily time with him. Um, so that absolutely helped. And then learning all the things in coaching schools was very helpful and just learning how to listen and learning for patterns and understanding these, the way, you know, people think after coaching school, of course, it was, I think a year or two after school, I started, I got into this where I'm at now, but it's been an entire journey through that of learning to surrender to the Lord learning that it's okay to get angry. We can work through it in a healthier way and that we can't get rid of anger. We can't fight it. We have to learn how to process it. And I also have discovered that something I talk about regularly is there's a difference between anger, healthy anger, normal anger, and destructive anger. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's really my journey so far. <laughs> I'd love to hear about what you consider the differences between destructive anger and healthy anger, because in my own life, I tend to think all anger is bad. And if I have a feeling of anger, for me, I immediately stuff it rather than acknowledging it because I think it is a sin in and of itself. Um, so could you distinguish between the two? 
Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I think that we really do grow up. Many of us, the, the culture, the world that we live in, we're told there's something wrong with us for experiencing anger, that it's not okay, that we're not normal for it. And the fact is, everyone experiences anger and it looks different for everyone, although the same in some ways. So yeah, we absolutely experience anger and healthy anger is you're frustrated, right? You feel the anger. You have a physical feeling that you're angry, you're frustrated, you're irritated. And it's what we do with that. When we start to feel that anger, what are we going to move into? Um, A healthy person will go, hey, I need to take a moment. I need to calm down. Mm -hmm. I need to just breathe through this and figure out what what's going on here, right? The destructive way that we work, work through it is when we're yelling, we're screaming, we're belittling. It could be silent treatments. We can absolutely have um, passive aggressiveness, you know, where we're silent treatment or we're snarky or kind of rude or joking, but it's not joking. Basically, destructive anger is when we're trying to control uh, a situation and manipulate a situation so that we feel better or that somebody will do what we want them to do. That's a very helpful distinction. I think what what you do with the anger versus having the feeling of anger. Yes. Because we we have that like all of the emotions, right? Let's talk about those for a second. We have anger, we have sadness, we have fear, we have joy, and we have disgust, right? Mm. And then there's like all these negative emotions. And a lot of those negative emotions can funnel into anger, right? Especially mm-hmm. if we have not learned to be okay with, it's okay to cry. Okay mm-hmm. You're disgusted, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and we, we also, if you think about it, we all have a physical reaction to the emotion that we have. What do you do when you're happy? You smile, you might laugh or giggle. And what do you do if you're sad? You're, you may cry, you may, you know, get really tired, um, fear, you're kind of in shock, right? Disgust, you might roll your eyes or really, ugh, you know. Um, and then when it comes to anger, we do have a physical release. We might need to stomp our foot. We might need to mm-hmm. sigh really loud. You know, we might need to just take these deep breaths because it's it's just our physical energy is wanting to be released. It's how we ex- express our anger or emotions. Well, that's really freeing, knowing that it's okay to <laughs> release it in some healthy way. You know, hopefully not releasing it on the people we love, but learning how mm-hmm. to channel it into, uh, you know, I think for me, I think of exercise as maybe a healthy way to channel anger. What are some other ways that have been helpful to you to channel your anger? So there's definitely things where sometimes we'll learn to not express it and hurt somebody, but we're still kind of suppressing the feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, So I absolutely will suggest, you know, occasionally, maybe you're in in your car all alone, um, just let out this huge scream. Um, Maybe it it is an exercise where you just go out on a jog, or maybe you need to take a Nerf bat to a pillow. Um, Or if you have kids, give your kids a Nerf bat. When you're upset, go hit you know, go be pillow. Don't hurt anybody else. Just hit mm-hmm. the pillow. It's okay to get that release out. Um, in my house, we've, I've, we've come to be okay with, I'm not doing it in anyone's face, but if one of my kids is angry and they go to the room and slam the door, it's like, you know what, whatever it's slamming the door. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll survive. <laughs> Every door jam <laughs> in my house is screwed into the wall now because <laughs> there's been some door jams that have flown through. Right. And it's just learning how to process that anger without hurting somebody else, right? 
Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean we're not going to hurt somebody else at some point, right? So mm-hmm. I like to talk about that too. But first of all, I just want to make sure, was there any other questions about that? No, all that makes perfect sense. Thank you. Now, are there any scriptures in particular that you held close as you were working through anger? Because you mentioned that God played a huge role in your transformation process. Yeah, there isn't any one in particular that I could point out. Definitely like the whole, there's like different books and stuff in the Bible that are helpful. But I will say for someone who's really looking for comfort and to know, I really, I want to change, but I don't know that I can change or I need strength. One of my favorite passages in the Bible is Psalms 138 and it's eight verses. And it's just talking about when we cry out to the Lord, he gives us strength and he knows that we're walking through trouble and he will be there to, um, you know, he stretches his hand out to us and helps us guide us through that. And one of the things, if you read the New King James Version, verse um, eight says, the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. But that first part, the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. He knows what I'm walking through. He's not sitting up there going, whoa, I didn't see that coming. Right? Mm-hmm. He knows what's going to happen <laughs> in our life. He knows what's going on in our life. And as we learn to surrender to him in these moments that we're challenged and frustrated and hurting, um, he absolutely will help us and comfort us in that. And I just love the promise that he's there to do that for us. Would you give any specific advice to those who are starting to think, hmm, maybe, maybe I have an anger problem. Maybe it isn't my child or my spouse or my family member. Um, but maybe it's me kind of like the revelation you had, what advice would you give? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, yes, there, you can change and there's someone out there who can help you and the Lord can lead to that person. Um, you're not stuck and you have to be able to come to that place and start praying about it. Just ask the Lord, you know, please convict me. Is this something that I need to work on? Is it me? Cause if it is help me figure out how and who and where and what to do about it. And I mean, I can just remember thinking that I was so broken and unfixable. I can remember being on my closet floor, floor, just crying out to the Lord. You gave me these children and this amazing husband. Why won't you give me the ability to, to stop being angry at them and hurting them? You know, and that was just, again, crying out in my, my pain and my anger like lamentations or, you know, some of the Psalms that David's talking about, or even Job, you know, he's just expressing the pain that we're, we're experiencing. And the Lord is there going, trust me, I'm leading you what you're going through right now. It's going to lead you to something else. Just keep surrendering and trusting me and you'll see. And I mean, my, my wife has been complete um, example of that. There's no way back when Enya was two and I'm throwing tantrums on the floor, would I think I'm speaking to somebody about how to help some, how to help someone through anger and to work through it in a healthy way. There's also no way I would have even imagined that my daughter, Enya, who's now almost 18, and I have this beautiful relationship and she's not throwing tantrums at 18. She's able to process emotions in a healthier way. She's human. She's not perfect. I'm not perfect. I still get upset today, but we've worked through it and learned how to recover and build upon these challenges because the Lord is so amazing. He restores and renews all things. That's beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. 
Do you have any resources you could share with our audience today? I mean, I've looked through your website and you have so much, but um, if you were going to tell listeners to check out one thing, what would it be? Yeah. So I do have a trigger tracker. They can find it at nataliehickson.com slash hope. And that really will take you through just the processing of a moment where you've gotten upset. Um, maybe you have just blown it. Maybe you uh, get, were cut off in, in traffic or you yelled at your husband or you blew it with your kids. I mean, you just know this is a moment that you've really upset. Um, I say, go back to that once you've calmed down and walk through the questions and just kind of process the event. What happens is we start to create awareness around our triggers and start to learn this is why I'm being triggered. Um, Maybe I didn't realize I was hungry every every day at two o'clock. I keep forgetting to eat lunch and that's why I keep blowing up at my coworker. You know, who knows? So that's a real simplistic example, but it's just something to consider is we have to create that awareness. And at the end, we're also, there's a question on there that I'm asking, what do you want this to look like? You know, kind of putting out there and and trying to restructure a little bit in your mind. How do I want to walk through this in a productive way? Well, I've looked at the trigger tracker and I'm definitely going to download it because I do think it's so, it's so helpful and it breaks things down in very easy to process steps because just as you're talking about that about the hunger thing that mm-hmm. that's my general trigger for anger is i'm a hangry person but i think mm. it took me a long time to realize that and i think a tool like you're offering can be so helpful in people identifying things that they they had no idea were triggering their anger. So I would really encourage everyone if if this message is resonating with you, just go on over to Natalie's website and download it and check out her other stuff. Is there anything else you'd like to leave listeners with before we close up? Yeah, if you're sitting out there feeling like you're hopeless, you're not. Don't think that you can't change. God can change all things. He rewires our hearts and our brains. And again, when we surrender to him and trust him, um, and if you're a parent out there and you're afraid that if you reach out to somebody that they'll be turning you in and telling you, I mean, that was a, a very big fear of mine. If somebody knew how I treated my daughter, they would take her away from me. And so don't let that fear stop you from reaching out to someone you can trust and work through these things, whether it's someone like me or another counselor or a counselor or a coach or a friend, pastor, whoever, don't sit there and, and think that you can't change and that someone will take them away. Do what you need to do to start that first step in healing and acknowledge you can and that and the Lord will lead you. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Natalie. I know this message is going to resonate with so many people and I'm, I'm really thankful I was able to have you on. Thank you so much. I appreciate you uh, giving me the time today. And yeah, it's been awesome. Thanks so much for tuning in to Hope Unyielding. If you enjoyed this episode, please pass it along to someone who you think it would encourage. To make sure you never miss an episode, hit subscribe or follow the show on Instagram at hope underscore unyielding. Thanks again for listening, and I hope to see you next time.